Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here talking with Philip Hollenbaker, who works with Komodo Group. And Philip, we've been talking um, about a lot of things. And what I found most interesting was your discussion around insider threats and why insider threats continue to be the greatest threat that any organization faces today and probably will face into the future. Well, it's certainly the greatest threat that uh, most organizations face, but it's often one that they're not willing to face because you know, you've employed a person, you meet them every day, you trust them. However, it's the insiders who have the most knowledge about your organization. They're the people who know what's valuable inside your organization, what can be monetized. And it's also the insiders who can be most uh, motivated to do something completely malicious. In that if you have a large company, the chances that uh, somebody outside is going to get really, really angry with something the company is doing and really wanting to destroy the company and have the means to do it is fairly small. However, an insider, um, in one case that I was involved with, an insider was upset that the company was uh, docking their mortgage, so it's alimony from their paycheck, and they got really, really angry with their employer and destroyed a million dollars worth of equipment all over the fact that their paycheck was being garnished. So it's the insider that can be the real malicious actor because they have the information that can damage you. And what we, the lesson that uh, we've learned from Snowden is even people that are at fairly low levels in an organization can have access to vast quantities of data which when released can absolutely destroy um, large parts of that organization's ability to operate. So what I think that uh, the changes that, that one of the changes that's happening in the industry is people looking at the insider threat in exactly the same way that they used to look at outsourcing in that when when the outsourcing providers were starting getting started they were having to prove that their operations centers were secure and that they didn't have the ability to make malicious use of uh, information against the company well really no matter who you are even when you outsource or you insource, you've always got the same level of risk because those people who are working for you can be an insider threat, just the same as if you outsourced. You had mentioned earlier that we need to come back to looking at cryptography at the data level. How does that tie in with the insider? Right, well, if you look at what happened in the uh, Snowden uh, uh, breach and also the Podesta and uh, DNC breaches, what happened there was that there were large caches of data unencrypted on the corporate network and in one case it was an insider who loaded it all onto a disk drive and took it out of the building. In the DNC case the uh, company was breached and then they went for the mail server, downloaded the mail server archives and they had the crown jewels. Um, so what we need to be looking at is how do we apply cryptography at the data level because there really is no excuse for having data stored and encrypted. Over the past 20 years we've done a really good job at transport security and disk level encryption. The next stage is to encrypt the data so that the server on which it is stored doesn't have direct access so that that server does not become a point of vulnerability if the server is breached.
The cryptography involved in doing this has been known for quite that's required to do this has been known for quite a long time. But unfortunately, as of the way with a lot of cryptography, uh, there were really good ideas in the 1990s. Uh, a lot of the ideas ended up being patented, and there just weren't enough pieces of the puzzle in one party's hands that were could be put together to come up with a complete solution. And over the past, it's now 20 years later, a lot of those patents have expired. And one of the big lessons that uh, people learned from Bitcoin was, Bitcoin is based on a 25-year-old technology, uh, the Harvard-Stonetta Catenate Certificate. That is blockchain. And when the blockchain patent expired about five years ago, that's what made Bitcoin possible. And now there's a whole raft of 1990s cryptography, uh, Michali's uh, certificate, simple certificate revocation, Kosha's revocation trees, Matt Blaze's uh, proxy re-encryption. Those have all gone out of patent now and can be applied to make next generation data level security that is usable by the ordinary user. Mm -hmm. None of this next generation crypto is going to be any good unless people can use it without having to be aware that they're doing security. Secure email isn't going to be used if it's any different from regular email. Secure word processing, secure Excel isn't going to be used if people have to think, oh, and now I have to encrypt the document. No, it has to be, oh, I saved the document and it's encrypted. I send the email, it's encrypted automatically. I receive an email, if it hasn't been authenticated, it doesn't go into my inbox because my mail client knows that every mail sent inside the company is always authenticated. Therefore, if I, the lowly intern who has just joined the company, get a message from the CEO and it's not signed, well, that message isn't going to be in the inbox of that intern unless it really is from the CEO of the company. So, cryptography has to be transparently usable if it is actually going to get used in practice. And cryptography that isn't used doesn't yeah. secure anything. And you had mentioned this earlier, and I think this is a good point too, because you were talking about from an encryption standpoint, it has to be end-to-end -end because everyone is, is accessing the network from multiple different endpoints today. Encryption was challenging enough. Before we had all of these devices, it makes it even more challenging. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, today people read their email on their phone, their tablet, their watch, their desktop. If you're not making that email accessible on each one of those platforms, it's not going to be, the encrypted email is not going to be useful to them and they're going to stop using it. The other part of the problem is, it's also got to be an open, interoperable standard. With, uh, there are a lot of really great crypto products on the market right now that are really easy to use, but they just have one problem and that is you have to join into a walled garden. Yeah. The most important parts of communications in, in any enterprise are with your partners. They're with your law firm, they're with your accountants, they're between the sales and your customers. Those are the communications that you're having that are really sensitive. So, having good internal communications, absolutely, that's something that provides an immediate uh, return on investment to the company. But it's not going to be a sustained advantage if it's just a walled garden and that company can't talk to any other company. So if they're going to make that investment, they need to look at it and be able to say, okay, this is an open standard and if I don't like Microsoft, I can go to Google. If I don't like Google, I can go to Yahoo or, or whoever. And so 
they're not built into one vendor and if their lawyers or their accountants or whoever have bought from a different vendor they can still buy they can still talk and this is an effort that you're helping absolutely to perpetuate <laughs> to yes. push this this is uh, really part of uh, a movement that's just starting to get started i think called cryptography 2.0 and what this is all about is looking at the state of the internet where we are now we've got a new set of security requirements well it's actually an old set but a newly recognized set of requirements because we've got you know we've had the DNC etc the threats in the uh, last election we've got ransomware we've got the insider threats they all require us to take security to the next level to move beyond just transport security now, transport security is not going away, but in the past we discussed whether it was going to be transport or data level security. Now we know the answer is it's going to be both. And the question is how are we going to do data security in a way that fits in with the user's needs, the enterprise needs, and make that really easy to use and transparently easy to use and apply the best of breed cryptography to it. And that has to be something that's an industry effort that, so that we end up with systems that can talk to each other because the value of any communications products is always the network that you can reach with it. And that is how we're going to take crypto beyond the walled garden. Well, thank you, Philip. I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Again, we've just heard from Philip Hollenbaker from Komodo. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.